What's going on, guys? Welcome to Shepherds and Kings. This is Jacob Trelor. I am the host of this podcast, and I appreciate you stopping by and listening. What we're trying to do is find balance in our Christian life. I'm trying to find balance in my Christian life, I'm trying to find what God has for me as a husband, as a father, as a assistant pastor and worker in church, as a musician, and all these areas. And so I've been fortunate enough to have some good conversations, and I'm looking to have many more and uh, trying to share a couple of the things that I've learned with you. Hopefully it's, it's been a blessing, and I look forward to being able to have more conversations and, and uh, learn lots more as I continue to grow here. I hope you had a good 4th of July weekend and you were able to relax and spend some time with your family or get some projects done, whatever it is that you did this weekend and enjoyed your time. I know that in my uh, little subdivision, I saw more fireworks than I ever have. And my neighbor told me, he said, that's what you, that's what they get when they try to lock us up for four months. So he was definitely uh, trying to be defiant and he had some big fireworks. So we had a personal show and that was fun. But anyway, our guest today is a, a Canadian a businessman who I had the pleasure of meeting on one of my trips there to sing in the church where he attends and works at. And uh, we got to know each other and just an incredibly humble man. And that's the reason I asked him to sit down uh, for an interview. He's not, you know, a best-selling author and he's, you know, relatively unassuming. And I don't think he'd mind me saying that. Um, but he is just, um, well, first of all, a skilled businessman, but beyond that, just a servant and a humble man and has inspired me, uh, as far as, as the attention that I would want for myself or, uh, the way to serve in a church and the way to use your talents and gifts for God. And so he is not the type to really do this kind of thing very often, but just because of um, trying to say yes to God and trying to be a help to people and trying to um, talk about being a servant and his humility, uh, he did agree to uh, come on and, and talk uh, with us here today. So I hope you appreciate it and I hope you can learn something from um, someone who would not consider themselves uh, to, you know, to be the star of the show, but that's really uh, what it's about is, is being a servant. So uh, without further ado, let's get to it. Our guest today is Rob Judge. He is a father of five and he has almost two grandkids. He has another one due, I think he said in two weeks. He's a husband, of course, a father, and uh, but the owner of Judge Farms. Um, but most importantly, I think he would say he is uh, he is a church member and he works in his church. He's the sound man. And that's actually how we got connected. Our, uh, quartet goes to sing at his church and he makes us sound really good while we're there. Um, but I'm really excited to be able to talk to, uh, to Rob judge Brother judge. Thanks for, uh, taking some time to sit down with me this morning. My pleasure. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit about your business, what it is that you do, um, and how you got into that? Well, it started a long time ago. My uh, and when I was six years old, my uh, my dad was in the feed business and uh, as a feed salesman. And uh, one of his customers had the farm up for sale and chickens. And in so 1975, uh, bought the place. And my mom didn't even see the house. Uh, he just came home and said, uh, <laughs> I, "I bought a farm." And uh, 
the outside was uh, pink and white stucco. And uh, mm. so she was not impressed. Sure. Um, and uh, so we bought the chicken farm here and uh, it was a 32 acre uh, homestead and uh, uh, started that in 1975. And mm. I've grown up and I still live in the same house now. Uh, uh, Many years uh, uh, later, uh, I've only been out of the house for a couple of years and then my parents moved out so my wife and I could move in here. And uh, so over the years, it has grown. The Lord's blessed. And uh, uh, we now are running. Um, last year, we had more acres, but we're probably owning, managing and renting um just over 3,000 uh, acres of cash crop. We grow corn, soybeans. Uh, we're also a licensed grain elevator. So we handle uh, rye, um, mainly corn and beans uh, for a dealer. And we put uh, a few thousand tons through that in a year. And we're currently running uh, about 700,000 to 800,000 chickens that we ship every year. Wow. And then we diversified over the years and we got into the uh, pig business. And uh, so we market um, roughly 75,000 hogs uh, annually. Um, my core business is uh, on that is uh, selling breeding stock. So we sell live females all over North America because uh, we're in the genetics business. So we've grown over the years and um, we were running around 33 uh, full-time staff, uh, here on the farm. Wow. And my That's wife a- is my, my wife is my main asset and she runs the office and, uh, um, she holds down the so fort, huh? she holds down the fort while I'm everywhere. <laughs> right. And so the, the, the thing I think that we, you know, obviously grow crops and, and things, but you talked about the pigs, uh, specifically. And I think that's where, maybe like when we first heard of what you did, that was kind of what people talk about. Um, and specifically because uh, there's something unique about your buildings, if I remember right. It is a very large, that's what catches everybody's eye is just, uh, uh, it's probably the largest single site uh, hog facility in North America. Um, so we run 3000 sows um, that are bred and they give, birth every single week and then we also have a nursery for them and then we have a finisher and it's all attached uh it, the building kind of makes the shape of a letter h and uh you can see it from google earth and uh so that's what catches everybody's eye is just because of the size of the building it's uh 1.3 kilometers to drive around the outside of the facility um so it's um something like five acres under roof um, so it is a very large facility and that's what catches, uh, most people's eye. And, uh, so it, uh, for management, it's easier because it's all under one roof and all the staff are together. We're 17 full-time staff down there. And, uh, so that's what draws most people's eyes and catches their attention, uh, uh, more so than the rest of the businesses. And so as from, you know, I guess I would say a business standpoint, do you like, did you, is this something you wanted to come into? Obviously, you know, it was, it was through your parents and you spent a lot of time growing up in it, but did you have any other plans at some point or you kind of just fell into this or, you know, from 
early on, I guess that's all, I guess that's all I've known. Um, but that's all I've ever wanted to do and, uh, um, be on farm. And, uh, it's a great place, place to raise a family. Uh, I don't know that I'm very good at it, but it, uh, uh, um, it's all we've ever really wanted to do and we enjoy it. And he's just opened up so many doors. Um, the Lord has us to be able to meet people and to do things and, uh, to get to places. It's just, uh, uh, it's been an unbelievable journey. Sure. Uh, is, are there any specific, um, maybe stories that you've seen, uh, God move specifically through like your business? He's allowed us to, um, just, I guess the impact of all the different employees. Um, we've had over the years, uh, a lot of employees come and go. Um, but I have a core group of very, very dedicated, uh, people that are working for me and, uh, their loyalty is, uh, much appreciated and um it's one of the biggest blessings for me is just to see how they they you know i've had the opportunity to witness to them over over the years and not many of them are are saved if any of them um but they all change um how they talk they all change how they act um when i'm around and just the respect that they have um Sure. And knowing that I'm I'm a Christian and how I live my life, and I know that they know when tough times, because it is farm, and so there are cycles and there are tough times, and they know they I know that they are watching as to how I respond. And uh, there's been a few times that they've all come to me and talked to me, and they might be going through some struggles themselves personally at other times, and. and they knock on my office door and just say, you know, I'm not sure how to pray, but can you pray for me? And, uh, um, that's that's special to me. And, uh, I pray for them that more might be saved. We've seen a few of, uh, um, people saved, uh, uh, through a workplace. And that's my biggest prayer is that our lives can impact their life, um, as we live it. Amen. Uh, so, you know, having a Christian, I mean, it's not a Christian business per se, but it's your business and you are a Christian. Uh, how, how do you think that differs from like in the, in the way that you run it and the way that you approach business itself and then the way that someone who's not a Christian might approach uh, their businesses? I, it's a heritage, um, how my dad always ran the business and we've all, you know, as many people as I've come across, they all, especially those that I do business with, they know that we're, we're Christians. And it just is amazing to me at times. Um, there are struggles that come up and, and, uh, you know, whether it's financial or, or, uh, you know, any of those trials that come. Um, but just that I've always been taught our boys, you know, your word is your most valuable bond and how people come through uh, and are willing to support you just because of integrity. And uh, that's really our most valuable commodity that we have is our integrity and our, our, our word. And um, 
that's so important to me. And I just, I know that because we're a Christian it has opened up more doors and it has, I know that the community community talks about um, us differently than other ones where there are people that I don't trust that if they do owe me money, I want to collect on it very quickly because I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to collect on it where um, I don't have that same response um, from others when they're dealing with me. I don't have to sign that as many contracts. I don't, you know, just to be able to have that word as my bond is probably our, one of the biggest things that I try to teach our boys. That's good. Cause there is kind of, I think sometimes that like, um, you know, if you're starting a business, you're an entrepreneur type and you're, you know, there's a lot of like cutthroat attitude, dog eat dog kind of thing. And, and it's good to see, um, you know, that a business can still thrive and survive that, you know, with the word integrity, I really like the, that word choice, but that it doesn't, you don't have to, you know, undercut someone and, and use cheaper materials if you're building and all these kind of things like there's integrity really does go a long way as far as business is concerned. And it may end up costing, and I've always tried to say that to our kids, is that the integrity will cost you something, you know, and not everybody is going to, they may take advantage of you, but never sacrifice your integrity to save a dollar. And uh, it might cost you something, but down the road, you'll be paid back. And the Lord is a debtor to no man, and and, uh, he wants us to represent, because it's not just the judge name. I'm also representing the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know that people look at us that way. So integrity is important, not just because of pride for our name, but because then they are looking at us differently. They're looking past what our last name is. They know that we're Christians. And uh, um, you only have one chance in life to make that impression. And uh, don't sully the name of the Lord or don't sully our family name for, to make a dollar. Sure. That's really, really good. Um, and you, you mentioned briefly here um, a little bit about, you know, ups and downs and seasons um, in life and, and specifically in what you do, you know, farming that you're a lot dependent on uh, weather or, uh, you know, a myriad of other things, I imagine. Um, but do you mind talking about uh, last year when we came out to visit your church uh, in Canada there in Simcoe, um, you had just gone through a particular season of life like that? And I remember talking about it with you, and I actually uh, wrote a song based on our conversation. Um, but uh, is that something you're willing to talk about? I can. And uh, I don't know if you've ever released the song or what your plans are for, but it is something that gets played here at times uh, um, on my playlist. It just uh, it's a, it's precious to me that. It, you were able to take something like that and then to make that song. So I do appreciate that, Jake. And, sure. and it uh, is, uh, it's on YouTube now and, and it'll eventually be released and, you know, maybe the quartet will sing it or someone like that. Uh, I'm sure I am looking forward my... when you come up here to hearing it live and, uh, <laughs> uh, um, but it is, uh, a, a special song to me. Um, but yes, we, because I am in the business of selling breeding stock, um, we are dependent upon health and, you know, we spend a lot of money on and uh, have policies and everything else. As far as trying to keep disease, we have to have assurances for customers and, and uh, cause they are live animals entering into another facility and mm. we, they are shipped all over the world. And we have been, there's a virus called PERS, um, which is a respiratory 
uh, highly transmittable uh, virus, and we've been PERS negative since 2001. But in 2018, um, I was actually out at Lancaster, California at the Spiritual Leadership Conference when I got a phone call from the vet and we, that we had a positive test in May of 2018. I guess it was June of 2018. Um, the test was from the May results and uh, I was out at Lancaster uh, when I got the call in June of 2018 that we were positive and uh, there's really nothing more devastating than uh, to get that call because it's uh, because the barn is the size that it is and there are so many animals under one roof it's very difficult to uh, uh, eliminate without a depop uh, removing all the animals. Um, so I, I did have to, uh, it was tough times. We no longer had sales. Um, everything had to go to the meat market and, uh, we did end up depopping it. And, uh, I ended up selling off the, uh, herd ownership to, uh, I still maintain ownership of the facility, but I ended up selling off the, uh, herd ownership to, uh, uh the genetic company and they took on, uh, that portion of it. So for the, really the first time in my life, other than uh, working for the bank, I was now working for um, a genetic company. And, uh, you know, I just had to, the Lord used that time. Uh, it's probably as close as I've been able to get to the Lord in, in my life. And I regret that I, I didn't allow myself to get to that point on my own. He had to move me uh, to that point. And, uh, uh I would go through that again just to experience the closeness of uh, being with the Lord. Um, wow. So that was a, a tough time. But looking back, um, we don't understand. Probably the most important things that have ever happened in my life is not the open doors. It's the closed doors. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the Lord was closing a door then just to actually protect us from this time, actually, right now during this pandemic, uh, I'm thankful I do not own the animals as it is a very tough uh, period of time right now um, and so much uncertainty. And uh, so trials seem big at the time, but the Lord only wants good for those that love him. And uh, uh, we don't always understand it at the time, but right. we do have the benefit of hindsight if we just trust. And the trusting is the hard part. Sure. That's an incredible statement that you said you, you would go through that again, you know, just because of the results as far as your relationship with, with the Lord. And that's, that's quite a statement, but it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think it resonates with a lot of people that, you know, if, sometimes you do have to go through that tough thing, but it is worth it. And I would not have put that together like you just did with what's currently going on. And that you being in, I wouldn't say a better situation, but at least a, maybe a simpler situation right now because of not having to deal with that. Certainly a lot less stress um, <laughs> to have that much inventory and that much ownership uh, completely exposed in this time. Um, I've never been a good sleeper. Uh, uh, I'm My brain does too many things at nighttime. Um, <laughs> so I've never been a good sleeper. But if I was to be in ownership of the stock like I was in 2018 today, uh, it would be a highly stressed situation. And uh, 
certainly I wouldn't be able to have the same focus that I need to have uh, as far as leading my family and, and involved in church and the rest of it when you get pulled in these other situations. So I'm so sure. thankful for his protection and his guidance and his love for me. It's so undeserved. And yet, you know, the God of this universe cares that much for me about my farm with, uh, you know, it seems like everything in the world, but it's nothing to him, but just how much love he has for me overwhelms me. Absolutely. Uh, so, and you talked about a little bit here, um, you know, you're you, doing what you do in the church. Um, give us a little bit of a rundown of your maybe general responsibilities at the church. I know you probably have your hands in almost everything, but uh, at the church you attend, what, what's your involvement there? Um, I try to be whatever pastor needs me to be. And, uh, um, sometimes that's just a sounding board, but, uh, um, I try to be whatever he needs me to be. And, uh, so I am involved in the audio visual media, um, especially everything that goes on inside of the worship center as far as sound and, and, uh, graphics, um, uh, lighting, um, that is all under my responsibility. We have a full live stream, which today is what church is. Um, right. So uh, I'm so thankful the Lord had already led us back in 2013, 2012, really to get our feet wet. It wasn't very good back then, but uh, um, it's a lot better today, obviously, than it was uh, back then. And we've grown into it. And uh, um, so I'm so thankful that, you know, we were already on the ground running when this hit and we didn't have to adapt uh, uh, for today. And it's all our people have for church right now. And uh, so I'm, it keeps us busy. Um, I'm also the treasurer of the church and I, uh, a deacon and I teach uh, adult Sunday school class and that's probably one of the hardest things that I was probably supposed to be doing this teaching adult Sunday school class and I was never willing um, and uh, but it's probably one of my greatest stresses trying to be prepared for teaching the adult Sunday school class but it's probably one of my greatest joys and uh, seeing the class grow and to see other ones grow. And uh, so I'm thankful that my wife and I are involved in that, uh, uh, that class. Um, That's awesome. And, and then and I'm, you... I'm, I'm whatever else the pastor needs me to do. So, Sure. <laughs> Most of us who work at a church are, are, that's part of the general job description, right? You right. Do whatever, whatever's needed. That's um, right. And you guys also uh, broadcast uh, to TV. Is that correct? Or you... We are, um, that's becoming more and more difficult, but we've been broadcasting our local cable channel for probably as long as I've been a member of previous people were doing it, obviously, because at six years and six and eight years old, I couldn't uh, be involved in that. But uh, yeah, they've been broadcasting right. our local uh, cable channel. As cables change, we used to have a lot more freedom. Uh, we used to be able to do the whole service, and they used to air us eight, ten times a week. And now we have our one slot. We're only allowed 50 minutes. Um, but the Internet allows us to do a lot more. So uh, um, so we are on the TV, and we've been doing the TV for a long time. And there still is a group that cannot get uh, Internet that still watch faithfully. Uh, uh, it's a week delayed. 
um, because we do have to package it now. But uh, there is still a group of people that are watching that because they don't have the ability to watch on the Internet. And it's into our hospitals. It's into our nursing homes. So, um, so yeah, we do have a product that is going out on the cable television. So That's great. Well, and I, I appreciate, you know, your humility, but I know that you are involved in a ton and you've put work into what you do as far as, you know, the sound man um, and, and the media, really all of that. Um, and I know that your pastor appreciates that as well. And, and any pastor appreciates a man who's going to, you know, take the same passion he has for a business and put it into his church. And uh, that's that's really what it's what I think this is about, you know, that. Um, you being able to do both well, I guess. And some of the things that the business has to, to lead itself towards is that the the scale and scope of the business here that I come involved with lots of different trades and lots of knowledgeable people uh, as to how to do things, um, whether it's drawings and design to construction to plumbing to electrical. And uh, so it gives me access to knowledge that I don't have. And as we want to do things at the church, um, I have people that I can pull on very quickly um, sure. uh, that in turn benefits the church. So that I'm thankful for those contacts that I have. And, and uh, uh, it allows me to bring something that I can't offer, uh, but I have access to. And that's something that the business has allowed me to do. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like I said, I, I don't know that I would have thought of that right off the bat, but that it absolutely makes sense. Um, so with all of this, then you're running these businesses, um, you're working at the church, and of course, you still have your family. Um, and like you talked about, uh, almost two grandkids now. Um, how, how do you balance all of that? And how does a man um, in general, I guess, uh, find balance between all the things that he needs to do priorities? My answer has probably changed over the years, um, but uh, I was asked to give, uh, I was able to attend the leadership conference in the Philippines, and I was talking to businessmen there, and a young guy asked me that very same question when I was there, and my answer today is still the same as it was there a couple of years ago, and I, my answer is don't try to balance it. Um, serve. And allow the rest of it to uh, the Lord to work it out. And that's where you have to have that walk with him. And uh, when we get to heaven and we're standing before the throne, the Lord's not interested in my profit and loss balance sheet assets. What's going to matter is my family and my service. Right he's not going to ask about any of the other things. Um, now we're supposed to do all to his glory and we still have to work and do the best of our ability. Right. But if we're called to serve and asked to serve, we shouldn't be trying to balance and allow as businessmen too often. We are allotted lots of excuses because we have lots of pulls on our time. So we will get into things that maybe the Lord wants us to do because you can honestly say I'm just too busy to do that because there is no end to work. Um, my job doesn't stop at five o'clock. I don't have a clock that I punch out. My office is attached to my house. (laughs) 
there are times that I fake going to bed. My wife falls asleep and I get up and I come back to the office just so she doesn't know that I've uh, left. There, <laughs> There is no end uh, uh, to the workload. And too often in our lives, we use that as an excuse to get out of things that the Lord wants us to do and to mm-hmm. serve. And uh, we need to serve first and not not try to balance out those needs. Sure. Um, and I imagine and, if, if your mindset is to serve, he's probably taking care of you on, on the business side of things as well. That's right. And that's where the trusting comes in. And I encourage everyone to serve with their families. Um, you know, the business pulls me away from family more than I like and more than I should have allowed. Uh, that's probably one of my biggest regrets sitting here as uh, even a grandfather that I allowed the business to pull me away from the family and from church too much in my younger, my priorities were not in the right spot. And I've always served, but I haven't always served with the right spirit. And uh, it's one thing to serve out of duty versus serving out of love. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I know that I've found in having these conversations and just, you know, the, some of the studying and looking at it that I've done too, that balance is not about equality as much as it is about having your priorities correct, you know, doing the right thing at the right time. And if that means more for the business, that's what it means. And if it means less uh, and more for the church, then that's what it means. You know, it's not, it's not equal balance. It's your priorities. Exactly. And the opportunity just to serve with family is a double blessing that I don't deserve. And, you know, I'm highly involved in the music ministry um, for choir, for our ensembles but most of my family has now been, ended up being involved in the music ministry. So we now serve together as a family. So mm-hmm. I don't have to work on that balance because we're, the Lord has allowed us and blessed us that we get to serve together. So when we go for ensemble practice, my wife and my kids and my grandkids are there um, for good or bad. Um, <laughs> it doesn't always make the practice go better, uh, but there is more joy there right. and they can see you serving. And especially if you have the right spirit for serving. And that's probably one of my greatest joys is being able to serve along with my family and my family participating in service with me. Um, we go visiting together. We serve in the music ministry together. We serve at church together. Um, so it means we have lunch at church a lot more than maybe some people, but we still are serving together. And right. So I would say that I don't try to find what that balance is, you know, serve and family are important and try to let God take care of the the rest of it. And that's where trusting comes in. Sure. So, uh, what then, um, one of the questions I've heard a lot and, and it seems that men have a hard time answering this question, maybe more specifically. Um, but what does it mean to lead your family? again, practically, because of course we, we know what we're supposed to do. We know we're supposed to go to church. We know we're supposed to read our Bibles and have a walk with God. But is there some practical um, advice that you would have on, on leading your family? And obviously what you just talked about is very good as well. Um, but anything maybe in addition to that? The statement I probably would put on that specifically is that you cannot effectively lead your family for the Lord if you yourself are not able to hear the whispers of the Lord. 
if the Lord's not, if you're not having that time on your own. Too often we get busy, so we slot in our devotion time with family. Um, and we're just slotting things in like we're running an appointment book. God doesn't speak to us that way through appointment books. And uh, if we're not able to hear the whispers, we're looking for the attention where God shakes us to get our attention, like the uh, fire, the earthquake, uh, the wind. Um, but like Elijah, where he was in a still small voice and God got his attention, but he still had to be listening. And so often as men, we are so distracted and we have so much noise, especially the ones that are running their own businesses. We just have a lot of noise in our life, a lot of things, and a lot of things pulling on us. And if we're not quiet to hear those whispers, we can't effectively lead our family because then we're just slotting our family into appointment books and and uh, sure. it's way more important than that and so if we don't have that right relationship first as men ourselves and that communication with the lord and that one-on-one whisper then we're not going to be able to effectively lead our family and our kids will know it our kids know when it's genuine and when it's not yeah yeah that that um it, sometimes we get, I think, and I get into that mindset too, like, you know, and I imagine you as well, especially with running a business that like activity um, and even even looking at the service thing as, a, you know, okay, well, like I'm leading my family because I'm taking them to serve or because we are doing something. Um, but I really like that focus on scaling it back and simplicity and just, you know, if you're not being led yourself by God, then you can't lead your family. Right. Otherwise, they just see that it's, what we're supposed to do. Um, and I want them to know that it's real. I want them to know that uh, how marvelous his works are and, and what he's done in our life. And that's why I think today's day and age, we're so, we're such a prone, our default position is to complain and we look at our problems and we, and especially now, um, you know, Sure. We kind of have a rule in our house right now that if anybody talks about uh, uh, coronavirus, um, we immediately have to give a praise for something um, because we can't allow our default position of complaining or focusing on our problems to be greater than his goodness in our life. And um, as a people, we don't praise God enough. And, right. you know, I don't want, I would love for my grandkid to, grandkids to come and sit on my knee and ask me, you know, what did God do today, grandpa, not be focused on what did the soybean markets trade or what did the stock market do or what did the dollars do? Or, you know, is it, are we going to get rain today? Uh, I want them to be, have that mindset to ask, what did God do today? And then if they do ask me, what is my response? Do I have a response of what did God do for me today? Or am I so focused on all the distractions of life and the things that get pulled that I can't even think of something that God's done for me today? Mm. That's that's really good and it's really challenging uh, because, uh, like even as you said, you you know they could ask you a myriad of things and you have all, you know a, a lot of knowledge in other areas, but that's that's the one that you prioritize over all the others or treasure more than all the others is. You know, what has God done in your life today? That's really good. 
Uh, well, Brother Judge, I uh, I appreciate you taking your time to um, talk to us this morning and and uh, just sharing your wisdom with us in your heart to serve really more than anything else. Um, whether it's, you know, God has allowed you to grow business and use that as a tool to serve, or if you were doing something else, I imagine you would be, um, you know, just as willing to serve uh, as you are. And I appreciate that, uh, that testimony and that challenge to, to us here today. All right. Thank you. It's interesting to me how much Brother Judge and his profession uh, have in common, that with, with farming uh, is not necessarily a flashy job. Um, it's hard work and uh, it's, it's, it's a, often a long-term thing. You know, you, you don't sit out there and see immediate results. There's a lot of work that goes in. And that's what his life has been, um, is, is putting in long-term work and doing what is right year after year. He's been in that church since he was very, very young. And he's just been faithful, and now he has many rewards to show for it. And the older I get, the more I appreciate that. Uh, that that someone, again, just stays planted. And that's what I want with my life, to do the right thing faithfully for a long time. That's the reason I'm doing this podcast. It's not you know, going to hit the top of a bestseller list anywhere. But I want something that I can show my son, here's what I've learned, and here's what I'm trying to learn that is hopefully going to make me faithful over a long period of time and lessons that I learn here that I want to teach him. But being planted and being faithful and just doing what you're supposed to do, not doing the flashy thing, not doing the newest and brightest thing. And as a younger man, I know sometimes I still struggle with that. But uh, Brother Judge challenged me um, to be faithful. He also challenged me about integrity and doing what is right, um, even when what is not right might be more profitable or more fun or any number of things, but doing what is right, no matter what, that integrity, and I really appreciated that. And then, of course, he talked about going through his struggle with uh, his farm and the things that he had to deal with there and learning to lean on God more closely. Uh, you've noticed that any man who we've had on the show so far who has talked about the struggle that they've gone through, they, they have said either or both that they would go through it again and they wish that they wouldn't have had to go through that to get as close to God as they did. They appreciate it now and they would go through, would go through it again. But I know a lot of, in a lot of cases, their challenge to us is don't wait until that point. And I, I want to take that challenge up. I want to try to do my best to get closer to God now. So when I get to that point, uh, I appreciate brother judge's challenge of, appreciating the God of the stillness, but we can appreciate that now. Anyway, thanks for taking the time to listen. I hope you uh, can take this challenge and go forth, whether it is in business or just in life, and be a faithful man who has integrity and uh, is in search of God. Thanks and have a good week. (laughs) 